raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Today, I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. Yeah, that's uh, House Speaker McCarthy saying, yeah, let's kick it off. Let's get to it. Going to do this impeachment inquiry thing on Biden and the Biden crime family. I say between Biden's disaster, gaff-ridden trip to Vietnam, to not even showing up to any ceremonies on 9-11, and now this impeachment inquiry, Biden hasn't had a good couple of days, Hammer. I would say he hasn't had a good two and a half years, but <laughs> good point. we may Touché. be splitting hairs Touché. a little bit there. <laughs> so does anybody have actual faith that the Republicans are going to get their act together and either impeach Joe Biden through the House or at least at the very least, and maybe this is what I'm rooting for, just humiliate him? the way that they've been doing their political opponents. Does anybody have faith that Kevin McCarthy and the Good Time Party Boys of the Indiana, I'm sorry, the National House of Representatives are going to get this yeah, right? Let's let's play some hardball, man. They did with Trump twice. But the Democrats play to win. The Republicans, they're happy to be there. But, but we're not even, even if this does go on to full-on impeachment or whatever, they're never going to get it through the Senate. But at least it, uh, exposure of the Biden crime family is what I'm looking for here. McCarthy's going to have a Jim Jordan, who's leading the committee, along with Comer, going to have access to a lot more documents and information uh, by law that they didn't have access to. They were getting stonewalled by different agencies. Now, now, now that they have this official inquiry going, they're going to have, by law, uh, access to a lot more things than they already do in terms of the whistleblowers and the shell companies and the, the you know, the thousands of emails with uh, aliases like Robert L. Peters. Right. <laughs> that was really the key, because once they found he was using bogus names, then things went into warp speed. Here's what happened. Comer, the representative Comer, like Detective Comer here, House <laughs> Oversight Chair, he just got a mountain of evidence and the icing on the cake is Comer now able to link then-Vice President Biden communicating directly to Hunter about Burisma just before uh, Biden got that Ukrainian prosecutor Shokin fired while he was investigating Burisma. That was the icing on the cake to kick this whole thing off, this impeachment inquiry. There's now direct evidence that Biden communicated with Hunter, who was on the board of Burisma, who was getting investigated for corruption by that Ukrainian prosecutor, and we have it on tape. Joe Biden said, I fired that son of a, you know? Right. That's that's kind of, I, I think that's the missing link here. Let me be clear. Joe Biden is a horrible rotten person. He's not some sweet grandpa. He's not some old guy with Werther's Originals watching Matlock. He's a rotten, horrible SOB. The way he's treated veterans, the way he's done his job, the way he treats people. I hope he and his family, his crack-smoking son, are humiliated on a national stage. Now, we all know the end game here. There's a better chance of me starting at running back for the Colts this Sunday than Joe Biden 
Biden being kicked out of office. I'd like to see that. It's not going to happen. But if you can humiliate him and give him a dose of his own medicine, I'm here for it. I just don't know if I have faith that the Republicans have the cojones, the huevos, to pull this off. Here is House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Through our investigations, we have found that President Biden did lie to the American people about his own knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings. Eyewitnesses have testified that the president joined on multiple phone calls and had multiple interactions. Dinners resulted in cars and millions of dollars into his sons and his sons' business partners. We know that bank records show that nearly $20 million in payments were directed to the Biden family members and associates through various shell companies. The Treasury Department alone has more than 150 transactions involving the Biden family and other business associates that were flagged as suspicious activity by U.S. banks. Even a trusted FBI informant has alleged a bribe to the Biden family. I mean, when you rattle all that information off, yeah. it sounds a hell of a lot more damning than what Donald Trump was impeached for through the House. The phone call to Zelensky. The perfect call. The perfect call. Uh, shaking him down for aid. That was the claim, right? Even Zelensky came out and said, we got the aid. Well, not only that, but the irony is uh, Trump was calling Zelensky directly as a result of the uh, the corruption that was going on in Ukraine. It's like, hey, before we start sending all this money, why don't you get your house in order? And part of that was vice then Vice President Biden firing the prosecutor while he was investigating Burisma, which his son had no experience whatsoever was sitting on the board there. I mean, Biden was in charge of Ukraine foreign policy. Uh, so it's just kind of like ironic how that all turned around a little bit on Trump, unfortunately. Here's a little bit more from the House Speaker. Biden used his official office to coordinate with Hunter Biden's business partners about Hunter's role in Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company. Yep. Finally, Despite these serious allegations, it appears that the president's family has been offered special treatment by Biden's own administration. Treatment that not otherwise would have received if they were not related to the president. These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. And they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. And McCarthy goes on to say, and I think rightfully so, this is just an investigation. It's an inquiry. We want Joe Biden to respond. We want him to be part of the conversation. If he feels like he's been wrongfully accused, we want to hear his side of the story. And that's the way it should be. But again, let's see if the Republicans can get their act together. Now, when asked after this press conference about why they're doing this, this was interesting. A House Minority Leader, Hakeem Jeffries, confronted Kevin McCarthy about this impeachment inquiry. Who taught you how to do this stuff? <laughs> you are right. 
I learned it by watching you. <laughs> you. You got me on that got one. Got you on that one. The Damn old it. drug PSA from the <laughs> 80s. But it's true. They're doing this in large part because of what happened to Donald Trump. And there's a hell of a lot more dirt on the Biden crime oh, yeah. family than there was on the Big Bad L- Orange listen Man. Listen to this, this tweet from Hakeem Jeffries uh, today. The illegitimate impeachment inquiry launched by extreme MAGA Republicans is regrettable, reckless, and reprehensible. It's a political revenge tour that lacks any factual or cons- constitutional basis. Democrats will defend the truth and fart. Fart. And <laughs> fart? They, they were fart right-wing extremists at every turn. <laughs> Somebody then responded to that with a tweet from Hakeem Jeffries talking about Trump getting impeached. We must hold this president accountable for abusing power. We must hold this president accountable for undermining American national security. We can't stop. We won't stop. We must impeach the president. It's a complete utter hypocrite. Man. Give these trolls everything. Give these trolls a dose of their own medicine. They created the rules. These are the rules of engagement that the political left started. Now the Republicans are just playing the game. But here's my question to you, Nigel. Yes. Would the Republicans actually help the Democrats by moving forward with this? Because I'm telling you, and maybe this is tinfoil hat, the Democrats don't want Joe Biden to be the nominee in 24. His numbers are atrocious. They're at record levels on the downside. He's a gaff machine. He just told the world on a national stage he wants to go to bed. They would love nothing more than Joe Biden be off the ballot. By moving forward with this, whether the unlikely effect of him being asked to leave office or more likely he just resigns and says, screw it, I'm done, would this help the Democrats get rid of their Joe Biden problem? It solves a problem for them, a real problem. And I just don't know who they would pick. They'd have to pick Kamala Harris. They can't. They, they couldn't go around her and pick Gavin Newsom. I think they could. That's that's boy. You know, and I'm telling that's you, the party of identity politics. Are you kidding me? You know who I've got in my back pocket. I said this months ago, and I'm going to get my two fingers out like the crazy plane lady here. I'm going to do this right to the YouTube camera. I am telling you <laughs> right now, Michelle Obama is in oh, play. Oh, there it is. Michelle Obama wow. is in play if Joe Biden resigns. So maybe, just maybe, pump the brakes on all this excitement about this impeachment inquiry. Now, before we hit a break, would you like to hear from a moron, Nige? Sure, yeah. A reporter asked Senator Fetterman his thoughts on this impeachment inquiry. Asking about this news that uh, Speaker McCarthy has formally launched an impeachment inquiry, has said he's going to... Oh my God, really? Oh my gosh. You know, oh, it's devastating. (laughs) Ooh! I see what he was doing there. Yeah, but he just, you don't know if he's doing a silly voice <laughs> or not. Was, was that really him? Right. Or was that he's in no position to do wacky voices because, hell, it might just be him having an episode. The same guy that said, I'm standing next to a collapsed bridge when Joe Biden was next to him <laughs> and then said I-95 like four or five times in a row. How do we know he's trying to be wacky? He could just be a moron. I just retweeted the Fetterman video where he's trying to be wacky and he's standing there with his shorts on and his big bald head and now he's got some sort of weird Fu Manchu mustache. I mean, he's just a big goon. He's an idiot. And the way that he's acting, he's one of the 100 most powerful people 
politically in the United States. He's making decisions for your health care, for what happens in your country. And this dude's a few fries short of a Happy Meal. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer, would you mind doing the introduction? Good God, could you not eat during the commercial break? No, I, I have to eat during it. Can you? My mouth is kind of full. If you want to, kind ahead. of full. You look like like a nineteen eighties baseball player with your jaws just loaded up full of stuff. Um, it is the Hammer and Nigel show. Hi, that's Big Nige. I'm Hello. Jason Hammer, and we've got a couple of our friends in studio here: Christina from Hoagies and Hops, and Emmy from HVAF Indiana. Ladies. How are you? Good. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for having us. What, are, what am I eating here real quick, Christina? What, what's... Oh, you're having the amazing Hog Island Italian. That is like the reason I opened my shop. It's what I miss more than anything. And that is what that uh, seventh hoagie eating contest participants are going to be enjoying this weekend. Mm. Hog Island. <laughs> Hog Island. Man. It's actually where Philly Airport sits. <laughs> really? That's actually the name of it. Yeah. That's what I've nicknamed. Well, never mind. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, what we love about your business, Hoagies and Hops, Christina, is you're always going out of your way to help out the community. You're helping out your neighbors. You're helping out very various charity organizations. And really, this hoagie eating contest is just really another charity event. It is. It's our seventh one, and we've done it with uh, HVA. <laughs> Hold on. Helping families and veterans. Well, it used to be something different. So, <laughs> But helping families and veterans um, of Indiana. This is our seventh year doing it. Um, you know, you know, everyone know, has a friend or family member who is a veteran. Right. So I love what they do. I love how they help, um, you know, vets you know, with finding jobs and sustainability. Well, Emma, you can tell us yes. more about what HVAF, you're right, it's a mouthful, <laughs> It is uh, does for the community. Sure. So we are the largest nonprofit in Indiana dedicated to ending veteran homelessness. We're located here in Indianapolis. We serve about 1,300 veterans every year, primarily with housing assistance. But as Christina said, we also do employment services, legal assistance, and something really important right now, which is basic needs assistance. So through our food and clothing pantry, we serve about 250 veterans every month. And how important is a, a, um, a, a an event like this for your organization uh, when Christina says hey I want to hook up with you guys we want to do a charity with hoagies and hops how important are these kinds of events for you we cannot do what we do without the support of our community so when Christina and hoagies and hops volunteers every year to host this event it means a tremendous amount to us when a veteran is experiencing homelessness usually they've lost all their connections so they've lost mm-hmm. their family mm-hmm. and their friends and there really is a, a belief that no one cares about what they're going through so when hoagies and hops comes and says we care about you um, 
um, we care about you so much that we're going to host this contest and we're going to donate proceeds from the day to support um, the work that we're doing. It really means a lot to the veterans we serve. Take us through a day in the life of what you do, because, again, I think a lot of people might not understand the real problem with some of our veterans right now, whether it's a mental situation or the fact they've got nowhere to go. They're homeless. A lot of people would just think, okay, they're coming back from serving our country. They're going to have their choice of any job in the world. It's not necessarily that way. You're exactly right. Um, And I think people probably don't know that veterans are much more likely to be homeless than non-veterans, especially women veterans who are the fastest growing segment of the homeless population right Mm. now. So um, there are a lot of factors that contribute to someone being homeless. Uh, Mental health is one of those, substance use, um, lack of affordable housing, which is a growing problem here, in, especially in Center Township in Indianapolis, um, and just the, the stresses of everyday life. And what we see at HVAF is when someone falls into homelessness, it's usually a combination of all of those things. Like for example, if you lose your job in Indiana, you fall behind on your child support, the punishment for that is to suspend your driver's license. Well, then it becomes exponentially harder to get back and forth to mm-hmm. work. So then, you know, you have trouble finding a job. And the the problem kind of just, snowballs from there. They do. And so what our talented staff is able to do is just come alongside these men and women and say, like, how can we help? We can navigate this process with you to make sure that on the other side of assistance, veterans are much more likely to be self-sustaining. And Christina, for you, I mean, as a business owner, how do you pick and choose like who you want to help? Because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to partner with you, and sure. you do so the much stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, now granted, you know, seven years ago when I did this too, you know, like my my pop is a vet, and and every, and I it was just something I it felt dear to me. It was one that I hadn't, you know, I've done a lot of the local schools and this or that, but I once again feel that there is a huge need for assistance to help the people who. Who served our country. Well, tell us about the event. It's this weekend, right? Yeah. And where to go yeah. and how people can enter. Okay, so we're located in Butler Tarkington neighborhood. So that's 42nd and Boulevard. They can check us out on hoagiesandhops.com. Um, you can email me at Christina at Hoagies and Hops. Give us a call. But this here is at 2 30. Um, it is the fastest eater of this Italian hoagie, which is an 18 inch, just to kind of give you an idea. It's actually a little bit bigger than that. You're talking about three pounds worth of Dietz and Watson cold cuts from Philly, Lissio's, uh, my rolls that I get brought in from Jersey, which is what makes me hoagies and hops in the first place. Um, Both of those companies help sponsor, by the way. They are fantastic. We also have other sponsors like Piazza, Gordon Food Service. Um, They're really helping out so that the $25 that is uh, basically the price to participate that I can donate that full amount. So that mm. includes, so for that $25, you get a shirt, you get the hoagie, and it's a donation. And um, you're helping out an awesome cause. Exactly. And 10% of our food and beer sales, my partner's at Chili Water Tap Room. Uh, so any beer oh, and drinking food that right now. from that day. If I do? Yep. Santeria is what you're drinking there. They're light Mexican lagers. Mm, delicious. Mm. Um, oh, man. Yeah, so anytime that day, you can come in. But we'd love for you to come watch it. Hey, and I even have some spots available. Okay, so do they have to register in advance, or can they yes. show up day of and say, I, here's 25 bucks, I'm fat, let's go? I would love <laughs> them to come in and say they're fat by Friday. Okay. okay. Because... Obviously, we have hoagies to make. I go crazy on that day. We right. play, you know, we have to get all of our Philly music going. I mean, Rocky's there cheering everybody on. <laughs> when you hear Eye of the Tiger, that means sit down, and that means it's game on. And the champ. I love it. Yeah, I mean, our champ is trying to beat his record, so 
I'm not going to say what that number is because I don't want to scare anybody off. Where can people get more information? <laughs> okay. Check us out at hoagiesandhops.com. Give us a call at the shop. You can get our phone number. You can get my email from there and just reach out to me by Friday and let's get you in there and let's come out and support everybody up in Butler Tarkington this Saturday. And Emmy, how can somebody get more information or help donate to HVAF? They can visit our website, HVAF.org. Um, and if we have a second, I promised I would give our son Caden a shout out today. He is wow. registered right. to compete on Saturday. Let's Good go, Caden. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. He's, he's Game time, baby. Yeah, let's he's go. 15. He's going to be our youngest one this yeah, year. He's, he's 15 it. and bringing all that teenage boy <laughs> appetite. So we'll see how oh, I can get do. that. That's love awesome. Yes. Ladies, Thank love you. what you're doing. Thank, Thank you so you. much. It's the Appreciate Hammer and it. Nigel show. Thanks for having us. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show. All right. I like this. I really like this. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin announcing a pardon for the father that was at the center of the Loudoun County assault case. More on that in just a second. Here's Shannon Bream asking the governor of Virginia all about it. A lot of people will remember this case, this showdown in Loudoun County, which is outside D.C. here. He had a daughter who'd been sexually assaulted. He went to a school board. He was demanding information, trying to get answers. Um, it got pretty heated at one point, and he actually got arrested. His name is Scott Smith. Um, he expressed frustration this summer when he found out he was going to have to face trial this fall on a remaining charge. He said, I have yet to hear from our governor, Glenn Youngkin. Is your administration in contact with him about his case? We, we are in contact with him. And in fact, I, I spoke with Mr. Smith on Friday, and I had the privilege of telling Mr. Smith that I would pardon him. And they, we did that on Friday. We, we righted a wrong. He should have never been prosecuted here. This was a dad standing up for his daughter. And just to remind everyone, his daughter had been sexually assaulted in the bathroom of a school. And no one was doing anything about it. And in fact, it, it took the election of a new governor, me, and my directive to our attorney general, Jason Miares, to investigate this, to uncover the fact that the superintendent had, in fact, covered it up. Wow. And they're leaving out the fact, I, I believe the student that assaulted the girl was trans. Right. They were they were in the in the girls' bathroom. They sent that student to another school where he did the same thing. This was one of the early stories that started the big debate well, Loudon, about yeah. bathroom use yep. and, and and men and women's sports and things like that. This was Loudoun County was the epicenter, and this guy shows up. His daughter's been sexually assaulted. He's just looking for answers to the school board. They won't and they all but covered some of the stuff up. They won't give him any information, and they arrest the guy. He gets a little animated at the school board meeting. And they treated him like he had just, you know, broke into a house and robbing somebody at gunpoint. They dragged him out of there when he just wanted information about why his daughter was sexually assaulted. And then the school got busted for trying to cover it up. The dad was a guy by the name of Scott Smith, and he was the one that was pardoned. He jumped on Fox News a couple days later and had some strong words for the Loudoun County attorney, Buddha Bibarat, that tried to basically treat him like a terrorist. She's one of the most evil people I've ever met. You know, unfortunately, I had to deal with her face to face with the prosecution of the sexual predator of my daughter. She needs to, we need to vote her out. Um, it, you know, if you live in a somehow Buddha Bibarai has not made news headlines. You know, everybody's talking about the big city Soros prosec, uh, funded prosecutors. Somehow Buddha's flown under the radar. She is partially funded by. Yeah, well, let me tell you, she's one of the worst. And, um, you know, 
This whole thing is a bit in a political uh, back and forth on both sides, unfortunately. You know, we have a Republican sheriff, unfortunately, that refuses to take responsibility, you know, for this as well. So... You know, I'm a conservative, but I'm a patriot. I'm not, you know, a staunch Republican. So I'm going to stand up for what's right and speak the truth. Good. And throw it in that county prosecutor's face every chance you get and get get them out of that position. He should have never. And he was right. They treat him. I mean, that's the position of the Biden DOJ is to treat these concerned parents that show up at school board meetings as domestic terrorists. Right. They wanted everybody to see what happened to him. And it was almost like the mafia saying, tell your friends what you saw. And it was disgusting. So good for Glenn Youngkin. And listen, I know we're still talking about the 2024 election, and Glenn Youngkin has said he's not going to be part of that. But there's some chatter that a lot of people would like to see him in 2028. Down the road? Down the road. Like, if you look at it objectively right now, the Republican bench, if you want to call it that, of younger folks that you could run for big public offices later yeah, on. it's a deep bench. It's a deep bench. You've got Glenn Youngkin. Uh, now might not be DeSantis's time, but four years from now, it could be. Uh, Nikki Haley's polling pretty well. Right. Jim Ramaswamy's Scott. making yeah. a name for himself. So depending on you know what you like in a candidate, at least there are some names in the pool. Don't forget about that guy named Doug. Doug. <laughs> some dude named Doug. North Dakota. Who embarrassed himself at the last debate. <laughs> Uh, Here's some bad news, Nige. The DHS has lost track of 177,000 migrants inside the United States. Wow, you don't say. An internal watchdog report says that the DHS has a limited ability to track migrants who have crossed the border once they've been released into the United States awaiting their asylum hearings. Well-oiled machine down there, isn't it? The DHS. More than one million migrants were released in the U.S. pending their immigration hearings from March 2021 to August of 2022. This is according to a new report from the DHS Office of Inspector General. Of those migrants' records, more than 54,000 were blank, while the rest were either invalid or not legitimate residential locations. Wow. Not to mention that stupid little app that Alejandro Mayorkas has rolled out where they approve everybody. Like, everybody gets approved. You could go to this app saying, I want to come in the United States and blow up a federal building, and you get approved (laughs) to come into this country. But they make it look like they're doing something to, you know, monitor and watch who actually comes in. And they're not. And and Hammer, this is, these are, these hundred, this number, this 177,000, these are migrants that, that, that were processed through the system. What about a little thing called gotaways? How many millions of gotaways skipped through this system, did not want to be processed, did not want to be identified, that have gotten into this country, that could be potentially be on a, some sort of terrorist watch list? We've had, uh, you know, one to two hundred people this year. Maybe maybe not quite two hundred, but you know, it's you know, one hundred plus people that have been captured on the terrorist watch list coming through this country. Who knows how many gotaways are still wandering around out here? So that's on top of the hundred and seventy-seven thousand that you were talking about. The immigration situation is so bad. The Democrats have lost New York. 
Let that sink in for just a moment. Uh, According to a new study, Nige, shocking number of Americans who have not seen a doctor in five years or more. New study says there's an awful lot of people in this country. They just don't see a doctor on the reg. Do you see a doc on the uh, reg? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. Just for physical, like a once a year physical, get my labs, get my blood drawn. Um, uh, like other than that, unless I've got some sort of you know the respiratory issue, I need antibiotics. That's it. Even then, I usually just call the doctor and have him call me something in. I had like a skin thing, like a little rash. That he called in some steroids for him. I, I don't, I don't ever go once a year. When you take I the steroids, in. do you find yourself playing pickleball a little bit more <laughs> aggressively, a little bit more vigorously? Not those kinds of steroids, sir. Back zits and like <laughs> your junk shrinking a little bit. Well, damn a, it, you're really good at pickleball. There's a pickleball. Uh, there's a huge five day pickleball event coming to Grand Park in Westfield in January. Hammer. This is a big deal, I think. A buddy of mine sent me a message over the weekend. I'm not really sure where he was at, but he was in one of these bigger pickleball tournaments, and he was competing against the Hansborough brothers. Remember Tyler Hansborough? Psycho T? Yeah. Played for the Pacers, North Carolina, North Carolina star, yeah. and his brother Ben, who also played on the Pacers for a little while, they team up and play pickleball and surprise surprise they're super intense about was this it. was this an indie do you know i'm not sure where it was at. he just sent me the pictures and like he was there you know was having fun was having some drinks and then you look at the hansborough brothers <laughs> just mean mugging you mean mugging you the whole way like taking it very very but this, seriously but this is the inaugural a uh, app collegiate championships at midwest open in january people could sign up now and um, I bet this is a precursor to getting maybe like a pro tour to stop. There's like, there's, if you, I was reading this article, there are billionaires fighting over the two leagues. There's like two different kind of pickleball leagues. Right, like Tom Brady was fighting for one. Yeah, and and it's it's crazy. I, it's great exercise. I love playing. We we had, me and some friends had a little tournament a couple of weeks ago, Labor Day. My wife and I came in silver, so got, the, got the silver. She did all the work, right? Like you're the, uh, you're the guy that's on LeBron's team. That you're also going to get a yeah. ring, but LeBron did the heavy she, lifting. She picked up the slack. For sure. <laughs> I've never played once in it's my fun, life. Man, I love it. I'm not above it, man. I'll have to check it out sometime. But yeah, that's a big deal, and it's coming to Indy. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Oh, man, I was all, I was for some reason excited to watch the Jets because Aaron Rodgers was uh, starting for them. He spent his entire career in Green Bay, got, uh, went to as a free agent. Was it a free agent or you get traded to the, Trade. to the Jets? And, and, 
and I've been watching Hard Knocks with the wife, so we're kind of paying attention to that storyline. And I, I like Aaron Rodgers. I liked his stance during COVID about the vax, and I and he's not like kind of the jerk he's portrayed to be. He's kind and, of an odd dude. There's you know retreats to the darkness and a lot of weird stuff that goes on. But but um, yeah, unfortunately, and we'll get to that clip here in just a second. He, four plays in. I don't even think he made a pass, did he? In those four plays? Four plays in, he, he's he's injured and out for the season. Yep, tore his Achilles. And you're right, it just sucked the life out of that stadium. But ultimately, the game turned out to be pretty good because the Bills quarterback, Josh Allen, I believe he was betting on the Jets last night. He threw like three three interceptions, right? Three interceptions. I think he had a fumble at one point. Um, this is how the game ended <laughs> in overtime on a Jets punt return. It's a short punt. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. And he's going to go. Just win it. Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. And, of course, again, the big news, Aaron Rodgers injured on that fourth play of the game, out for the season. Here's the call and then uh, reactions from the fans. Protection breaks down and time runs out. Down goes Rodgers in the sack for Leonard Floyd. And now Rodgers sits down. A few plays into game one. He's coming out of the game. Oh, that's a bummer. Did you see the Jets fan that ESPN put on television and he just flipped off (laughs) the camera? That was the mood. And then you had that nerd, Keith Olbermann, happy that Aaron Rodgers was injured because he wasn't vaxxed. Yeah, he made some snide comment about his vax status on Twitter. And like that had anything to do with his energy uh, injury whatsoever. Keith Olbermann is a horrible human being, not just for that. There's a number of reasons why. And again, I've said this before. I don't like Laura Ingram because she used to date <laughs> Keith Olbermann. Thinking. He's so unlikable. Like the, the transitive hate rubs <laughs> off onto Laura Ingram. And I don't like her either just because she used to funnel his hog. Oh, goodness. It's the oh. Hammer and Nigel show. Oh. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. Katie Walsh Shields, Deputy White House Chief of Staff, former RNC Chief of Staff, joins us. And Katie, we were talking in our show a little bit earlier about Loudoun, Virginia. We had the story where Governor Yunkin has pardoned that concerned father who was upset that his daughter was sexually assaulted in the school. The school then covered it up. We've got stories like this all over America, and you had an op-ed that you put in town hall, Democrats are failing America's kids and parents. Take me through that article. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, one of the things that really motivated me to write this piece is that when um, President Biden and the First Lady kind of announced this tour, its education tour, and calling Biden the education president um, as we kick off the school year here, and to be doing that in a situation where we have the lowest test scores for reading and math for our kids in over 50 years, where only 13% of eighth graders are meeting proficiency standards for history and for civics. Um, And when you find out and you learn that once a kid, if a kid can't read, 
in a proficient sixth grade level, they are 66% likely, or I should say it this way, 66% of kids that can't read it at a proficient level by sixth grade will wind up in jail or on welfare. Wow. And so they're staggering numbers. They're terrifying. And to your point, when we've got our parents who stand up and get involved like they should because it's their kids and their kids' futures, and they go to these schools and they say, hold on a second, you're more focused on my kid's pronoun than you are about making sure that they can read. And then these parents are called domestic terrorists. And Joe Biden and the, and the DOJ are using the FBI to go after these parents. Something is very broken. So just the hypocrisy of President Biden that they're going on this tour calling him an education president when by all accounts, by all statistics, by all records and metrics our schools are failing our kids. And so Katie, when did all this start? We're speaking with Katie Walsh Shields. She's a former RNC chief of staff, former deputy White House chief of staff and and, and Katie, I I just feel like did all this is this new? Is this recent? Did it start with COVID and the draconian lockdowns and the, and the ridiculous policies of keeping kids out of school uh, in some blue areas for a year and a half, maybe even two years? I mean, my kids were lucky enough to live somewhere where we got back to school right away the next, you know, that fall. But is this a result purely of COVID or is this something bigger? Well, I think it's two things. I think it's a result of COVID, no question. You know, my son was a senior uh, in high school here in Virginia, um, which is where I'm, I'm, you know, where I live. Um, and he missed his entire senior year of high school, wow. which set him back, you know, tremendously. Didn't have a prom, didn't have graduation. So on top of not being in classrooms, it's all these socially, socialization things and, and ways that kids are ready to go to college that, that they really lost. But I also think you can't forget that the teachers union has been in the pocket of Joe Biden and the Democrats for generations right now, right, for decades. And so when you look at how we kind of got here, even I think it was the most recent CDC administrator admitted that when looking at some of these COVID protocols for these schools, they actually listened more to the teachers unions and to what the teachers needed than what is in the best interest of the kids. So I think it was expedited by COVID and it was kind of put on, you know, um, gas fuel, if you will, or, you know, really become a bigger issue but it's really been an issue in my mind but these teachers unions have just taken over what how we create policy in this in this country for kids education and it's a just it's a travesty and it's you know our kids are going to suffer for it katie one of the things that i hear from a lot of teachers and again i've got a son that's a sophomore in high school my oldest is a freshman in college one of the things i hear from a lot of teachers is they're not fans of the leadership of the teachers union they may actually disagree but they feel powerless they feel helpless against it it's all almost like they're forced to go along with it, almost like mafia style. Do you hear the same things? Absolutely. And when you talk to voters across the country, you know, eight in 10 parents will say, look, I'm not happy with my school's policies, but I like my kid's teacher. Right. And so these yes. teachers that are front, and, and, and I define them as really frontline workers. Right. I mean, these are the same as our nurses and our firefighters and our, and our teachers that are getting up every day and carrying the load to try and get these kids where they need to get to, but they're having, you know, crazy um, policies put on them from the top down. They're having requirements put on them that are not achievable in a classroom. 
And so I really agree with you. I think that this is where the teachers union is vastly out of step with the rank and file teacher. And somehow we've got to get these teachers unions under control because they are ruining our kids' education. Well, not only that, they're hypocrites. I mean, I'm sure you read the story that was the head of the Chicago's teacher union, you know, saying that school choice and school vouchers are fascist and racist. And all the while, she enrolled her son in right. a private school. <laughs> I mean, Isn't that what, crazy? It's, it's, but it's pretty much par for the course isn't it? It's par for the course. And quite frankly, you know, any community that I've had an option to go into or, or work with where you have really good options for, um, you know, vouchers and things like that, you have parents lining up around the block yeah. to get their kids out of public schools these days. So it's the teachers, the parents know it, the kids know it. And so when you have people that are begging to get themselves out of a public school system, you know something's very broken. And so, you know, I really commend the father in Loudoun County that, you know, kind of took it to the to the PTA meeting and said enough's enough. And we've got to work harder to make sure that our parents and our teachers have an opportunity to get those voices heard and told. And we don't let the FBI and the Biden administration deem them domestic terrorists. I mean, it's just unbelievable what's happening. And this is why elections are so important, not just at the national level. I mean, clearly we're talking about a lot of Biden initiatives here, but the local level. School board elections are very important. And here in our state, in Indiana, they're nonpartisan. So somebody could completely run and say, I'm not going to make this political, but then they get elected. Next thing you know, they're pushing CRT and a lot of ridiculous crap into your kids' uh, curriculum. This is something that a lot of people might not be aware of. You got to do your homework on these local elections. You really do. You've got to understand from these people why they're running. Do they have kids in the district? Do they have kids that go to the schools? You know, have they been involved in the school so far? What are the, what changes do they want to implement? It's really important that you answer questions. I mean, it's so hard right now because to your point about the elections mattering, I mean, they matter for so many reasons, but so many of our parents these days are working two to three jobs to support their families and to get food on the table and put gas in the tank. And so to add, you know, having to go to a PTA meeting or having to go and, and listen to these candidates and figure out who's got their their kids' best interests at heart just adds to the litany of reasons that Democrats have have caused us to be in a downward spiral. But it's so important because to your point, they can really do a bait and switch on you. And next thing you know, you've got, you know, you've got your kids coming home at night asking questions about books that, you know, to look at the Ron DeSantis Florida example I put in my op-ed, you know, Governor DeSantis came through and said, hey, look, we got to take some of these books out of classrooms. And he actually wanted to talk about it at a press conference on it. And TV coverage had to literally pan away from some of the things the governor was showing on television because they weren't appropriate for television. And these are books that are in our kids' schools. And so you're risking just an incredible um, you know, travesty that's happening where our kids are no longer coming home proficient in reading, history, civics, math. They're coming home and asking their, their parents questions about well, I know I'm a girl, but maybe I was maybe I was born a girl, but I'm really a boy. And it's it, it's it's maddening. So to your point, you've got to take the time to understand why these folks are running. So, Katie, what advice would you give a parent listening right now that might not have the confidence to go to a school board, be a little outspoken, might not have the time to go to these PTA meetings or whatnot? What advice would you give that parent who's concerned about what their kids are being taught in schools? I first go to the teacher, right? I mean, to your point, a lot of our parents really still like their children's teacher. And so go to the teacher and ask the teacher, what tools are you giving that are help, being helpful to you? And what's happening that is not helpful to you? 
And first, I would do an education process of finding out what the teacher who's the frontline, you know, educator here for our kids is saying they need. And what are they being, you know, handcuffed kind of by the school administration, you know, school board issues, et cetera. That would be my first conversation. The second conversation I would have is talk to your kids' friends' parents, right? I mean, figure out if there's kind of these conversations going on in other homes and other families that, you know, are down the block from you or across the street from you. If you're not quite ready to walk into a PTA meeting, I think just having a conversation with your parent, with your kids' teachers and then having your conversations with any of your friends' kids' parents are good, are good first two steps to trying to get a grasp of what's happened in the classroom and what do we need to have happen. And once you kind of say, hey, look, here are things that I really feel passionately about and it really scare me that are happening in my kids' classroom. Then you can have a conversation with people and say, well, what could I do about it? Katie, we've got about 30 seconds left here. What can Republicans, third-party candidates, libertarians, whoever, anybody that's against these lunatic policies coming to kids' schools, what can they do in the upcoming election to win some people over? Um, I think just telling your story. I think a lot of times what happens in, in, in partisan politics these days is that people get so, um, you know, drug into their corner that sometimes these stories we tell get lost in the shuffle and lost in kind of all the bombastic conversation. But when you know someone and someone's your neighbor, your colleague, your friend, someone you go to church with, et cetera, and you, and you share your story about what your child's dealing with and what you're seeing in your school and you make it personal and you make sure these people understand, Hey, look, I'm not talking about some school that's in, you know, California or some school that's in New York. I'm talking about our school here in Indiana. I'm talking about our school here in Florida. I'm talking about our school here in Missouri. And this is what's happening in my child's classroom. Making sure these people understand that this is happening in their neighborhood, I think, is really, really important because we don't want to over-politicize this to a place where our kids, we, we don't make progress on something because we make it too partisan. We've got to make sure we keep it about the kids. Katie Walsh-Shields, former Deputy White House Chief of Staff and RNC Chief of Staff. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. We hope to have you on again soon. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Emma and Nigel presents is It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Hammer, how do we play is this anything? I'll run some stories by you. You tell us if they're anything or not. Okay, easy enough. Is this anything? Singer Ed Sheeran crashed a couple's wedding at the Little White Chapel in Vegas. Listen as the woman officiating gets interrupted when Ed Sheeran enters with his guitar in hand and background singers ready to roll. As you continue to walk down the well. So this couple's getting one of those shotgun-style weddings. Right. And one of the biggest artists, successful artists going, pops up with a band and performs. I gotta be honest with you, like, okay, that's that's pretty cool, but, like, what if they didn't know who it was? Like, maybe they just weren't into Ed Sheeran or not into that style of music, or... 
I'd be like, all right, who's this red-headed stepchild that just interrupted my my ceremony here? And why is he singing with two dudes? I'm not paying for Ed Sheeran, am I? That's why yeah. we're here at the Little Chapel. Right. So I, I don't know if this is more about like Ed Sheeran trying to make some sort of viral moment, or it's just a cool thing that impromptu that happened. I mean, Trump interrupts weddings in his venues all the time. Right. Well, he doesn't interrupt the ceremony he goes into the reception but i think if you're booking your wedding at a trump themed hotel sure. yeah, yeah yeah you're probably on board for that kind of thing again this was one of those you know real quick shotgun deals at the little white wedding chapel in vegas and here comes ed sheeran with a band but this gives us an excuse for great moments and ed sheeran covers oh here is ed sheeran covering Pony by Genuine. If you're on it, let's do it. Ride it, my pony. My saddle's waiting. So come and jump on it. If you're on it, let's do it. I don't mind it, to be honest. Ride it, my pony. Not quite the magic mic version, but... Is that the one where it goes, bow, Bow, bow. Yes. That, that, that sound effect in it. That was actually really good. <laughs> like, Allison, Allison knew exactly what you were talking about right there. <laughs> She's laughing at me because I... But that's the one... That's uh, Did I encapsulate this song? Bow. Right. Male strippers yeah. performed to that thanks to the Magic Mike movie. Okay, got it. Great moments in Ed Sheeran covers. Here's a little Britney. My loneliness is killing me and I, I must confess <laughs> Pretty good. This do anything for you? I mean, I'm not downloading an iTunes for a dollar twenty-nine. Yeah, it's it's all right. Yeah. Is this anything? A flight attendant on an easy jet flight out of England caught a couple joining the Mile High Club <laughs> in the bathroom, and everybody on the plane knew it was happening. Oh, yeah. And I want you to listen to this audio. They cheer on the flight attendant. They're trying to get the flight attendant to open the door and bust them, <laughs> and ultimately, he does. Bravo. <laughs> That's the moment. Everybody saw what was happening. The I I'm watching it right now. I retweeted it. Just scroll down on our uh, you know our X page at Hammer and Nigel, which by the way I don't know it's still it's still Twitter.com. Yeah. The, the, when you the, say the X, website. I just roll my eyes. Yeah, I know. It's, just, it's like when people call it by the right name, I roll my eyes. It's still Deer Creek and it's still Twitter. But if you watch this video, this guys. The flight attendant opens the door. The guy's got his pants down, and they're doing the. You see some the, butt. You, you see butt. You see the girl over the sink. Right. And they're really going at it, and the whole plane just erupts in laughter. I, I, I'm surprised. Most of those bathrooms I go, like in those planes I'm in, it couldn't fit. I, I barely fit in there, let alone somebody else. <laughs> Is this anything? A Florida man accused of threatening two construction workers with a gun because he was afraid they would ruin his lawn with their <laughs> truck and trailer. Uh, Timothy is facing charges for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill. Here are some of his neighbors reacting to the arrest. 
That's a lot for some grass. But everyone seems to have a really short fuse lately, so I mean, it doesn't take much to get people stressed out. Everybody on this street really got hurt bad with Ian, and I just think people are tired and upset and getting contractors to work and getting the work done and getting our lives back together that I, I just think people are just at wit's end. I think I'll find out who that neighbor is and stay away. Yeah, that's something. I mean, one of those neighbors was right. Everybody's like stressed out lately. Everybody's that happens here in Indianapolis. Everybody's so quick to pull a gun over nothing, over feuds, over social media posts. I, this guy sounds like a lunatic. I'm not going to lie to you, but he probably deserves to go to jail and have his gun taken away from him. But if, just because you think the construction worker is accidentally going to get on your lawn a little bit, you draw. I mean, that's the main problem we always talk about, isn't it, Hammer? I mean, it's like it's, the old it's, Pops it's, and Friday. You know, everybody's quick to get a yes. gun out. These are what you need. He holds up his dukes. Live to fight another day. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Yeah, there it is. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, See, I wasn't sure which song you were talking about when we played that Ed Sheeran cover. Right, the acoustic version. And then I said, that's the song. Bow, 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 bow. I'm looking in the newsroom, and I think John Herrick is getting up for a strip tease right now. (laughs) Going full magic mic. Um, Okay, a quick update on that that big drug raid, that dogfighting ring. Uh, involving the FBI last week. There's a huge raid, several houses, uh, dozens of people arrested. Hammer, a member of the Grundy crew, was arrested. This is a, a violent indie gang. Uh, but he bonded out of jail, $60,000. Got a uh, one of those uh, little cute detention bracelets. Oh, great. So we'll be able to track wherever he goes when he commits his next series of crimes. I mean, it's just, it's it's like, it sucks because people in that area um, on the east side, I forget what the, the, I forget what the gang was called, like East Side Disciples or something like that. I forget what it's called, but like the reason they were able to make so many, so many arrests in part was due to witness testimony. And that's would not make me want to be a witness or to talk to any policeman if I know these violent criminals are just going to get back out on the street again. That that's a scary prospect for somebody who lives in the neighborhood and maybe help police out. And 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 these guys are back out on the street. And it's not like you know we're saying well nobody deserves bail. People deserve bail, but if you're a known gang member and you've got a rap sheet um, that's pretty long, then maybe, just maybe, you should be behind bars. Because the updated charges against this guy, his name is Eric Butler, went by Lil E, and he was a member of that violent Grundy crew. The charges now include dealing cocaine, dealing narcotics, and unlawful handgun possession. 
And he was the guy, if you remember, I think it was a Fox 59 video, was trying to escape by getting out of, like, the roof. Oh, there was a window. Like that attic area or yeah. something like that? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was that, was that guy. And slap him with an ankle bracelet, and you're so right. How would you feel right now if you were somebody that cooperated with the police and said, I know who was doing this gun, this drug, and this dogfighting ring, and one of them is a violent gang member, and he was part of the Grundy crew. Now this guy's back out on the street. I mean, this is the Marion County justice system summed up right here. Again, we're not saying people don't deserve bail, but if you are a violent threat to society... If you are a well-known gang member with a rap sheet longer than a CVS receipt, that GPS monitoring system, that ankle bracelet, doesn't mean anything. Imagine living next door or in that neighborhood. Could you go to sleep at night knowing you spoke to the police and now this guy is back out on the streets? That's unbelievable. But you know what, Indianapolis? You voted for Ryan Mears. By a wide margin. 20% 20% win over Cindy Carrasco in the last prosecutor's race. Ryan Mears is such a zero, even Joe Hogsett tries to work around this guy. Let that sink in a little bit. Being too woke for Joe freaking Hogsett, boss Hogsett. Disgusting. Uh, speaking of disgusting here, how about this? Delta passengers were left on an island for 12 hours after their plane had mechanical issues. They just dropped them off on an island? 215 Delta passengers on a flight to New York were dumped off on a Portuguese island after their plane had issues. The passengers who were aboard say they were left on the island for 12 hours. They were mistreated by the airline while the crew of the airline got put up in this luxury posh hotel. Yeah, that that would anger me. Quote, Just a tad. We were abandoned by Delta and treated like encroaching roaches by airport representatives. This was what one of the passengers said. Quote, they had a reckless disregard for human life and well-being. And I love the response the Delta officials gave here. Well, look, we gave them ham sandwiches, and we're giving them a full refund. And they explained their staff's behavior by saying, quote, they were overwhelmed with requests. Somebody get me Pete Buttigieg on the phone. I need somebody to write a sternly worded letter to Delta. Maybe he'll say the word heck in that letter and really get their attention. I mean, really, these people were dropped off and were told, play survivor until we tell you not to. Delta refused to give passengers food or water during their 12-hour wait when they complained, quote, the female rep told us we should be grateful that they allowed us to be here and that our plane didn't crash in the sea. <laughs> Good God almighty. Who, is the, who are these people running this airline? What? Can you read that one more time? Because I think that bears repeating. Delta refused to give passengers food or water during their 12-hour wait. When they complained, quote, this female rep told us we should be grateful that they allowed us to be here and our plane didn't crash into the sea. <laughs> Good God. Uh, for their part, again, Delta said, hey, look, 
we gave him ham sandwiches. It was only 12 hours, and our staff behavior it was a result of being overwhelmed by requests. So they're not denying that their staff no, act like a-holes. not at all. Like, maybe that should be the new slogan, Delta Airlines. You're lucky we don't crash you into the ocean. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, this is something that Pete Buttigieg should absolutely write a very sternly worded letter to. Maybe not even an email. Maybe he puts pen to paper Whoa. and mails it snail mail. You're getting crazy. <laughs> um, if anybody could help out with this... This would help. The Red Cross has declared a national blood shortage. Uh, they're claiming that they're down a lot of donations. They're blaming the weather and the busy travel season. People not having the ability to go make donations like they normally do. And Well, the, the busy travel season is not convenient for them to do so, is basically what right. it is, right? Right. They're just, well, I don't have enough time to do it. A shortfall of about 30,000 blood and platelet donations uh, last month. So, if anybody can share a little bit, go do so. Did I ever tell you my high school story about giving blood? I was just about to ask you if you ever donated blood before. I don't think I ever have. You you did in high school? Yes. I've donated blood a couple times. In college, I used to give plasma all the time because I was broke as a joke. Yeah, you get paid. Right. Um, but in high school, I was 18 my senior year, so they said any, you know, person that's 18 that feels comfortable giving blood, there's a blood drive in the gym. Well, I thought, well, hell, I'll go do that. It's better than sitting in science class. So I go into the gym, just trying to get out of class, and... It's my senior year. I've got a really expensive Michael Jordan shirt on, you know, like Nike. I got my gold chain on. I'm pretty fly for a white guy. So, you know, they put me in the little thing. Uh -huh. They, you know, tie that little knot on my arm. Tourniquet, yeah. They stick me and they hit the wrong spot and blood squirts out all over oh. me. And I wasn't freaked out by that. I was ticked off because I ruined like a $90 really nice Nike I, Michael Jordan shirt and their response was sorry here's some crackers <laughs> no no reimbursement for the shirt no 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 I think oh. they gave me two passes to a comedy club but you had to be 21 to go <laughs> that sucks right that's all I got it's the Hammer and Nigel show the Hammer and Nigel show do you suppose we'll meet any wild animals hey baby let's go out there like a bunch of and now, Hammer and Nigel proudly presents... Damn, nature! You're scary! Lions! And tigers! And bears! Oh, my! After 5 o'clock, by the way, uh, more evidence that Joe Biden is a complete all-out liar. Uh, this time having to do with 9-11, his whereabouts on 9-11 and the day after. We've got uh, audio proof. It's just ridiculous. This guy's out of control. But right now, Hammer, uh, hammer damn nature, you scary. Here, how, how's this for a headline? An invasive ant species is posed to swarm its way across Europe, powering stinging red fire ants to invade Europe, Hammer. Powering, stinging, <laughs> never, red fire ants. I've never heard ants described as powering. That's the headline. Powering, stinging, red fire ants posed to invade Europe. They originated out of South America, and they spread to colonies of the rest of Europe. They cause billions of damages, uh, billions of dollars of damages every year, destroying crops, 
and also getting into like the, like electrical equipment and computers and power grids and stuff like that. I'm reading here about the powerful sting of these red fire ants. The sting is so powerful that they are capable of building super colonies that push out other ant species. Damn, nature! You scary! <laughs> these ants are so scary, France has already surrendered. That's how scary <laughs> these European fire ants are. Oh, man. Uh, I couldn't think of anything worse. I mean, we always talk about you know horrible ways to go. Like, mine's like you know getting mauled by a grizzly or drugged to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean by a great white. Maybe... You know, tied down and buried up to my neck, and and put in a instead of oh, the bees, the bees. <laughs> Somebody dumps a bunch of red, powering, stinging fire ants on my head. The ants! <laughs> oh my eyes! The ants! You mentioned bear a moment ago, and it yeah. couldn't be a damn nature you scary without a bear story. A grizzly bear that fatally mauled a woman on a forest trail west of Yellowstone in July. Yeah. yeah. And also attacked a person in Idaho three years ago was killed after it broke into a house near Yellowstone over the weekend. Oh, wow, they finally got it, huh? It's like a uh, serial killer bear. Uh, Montana wildlife officials say through genetic analysis and other identifying factors, the bear was confirmed to have been involved in the July 22nd fatal attack on a former teacher from Kansas about eight miles from West Yellowstone. Efforts to trap the bear at the time were unsuccessful. That bear, which had been captured in 2017 for research purposes, Wait, they had the bear incarcerated. It's Who like is this, is this Ryan Mears operating. <laughs> the, they let the bear go. It had been captured in 2017. They put an ankle monitor on it. Apparently, um, it was also involved in an attack in Idaho that injured a person Jeez. near Henry's Lake State Park, which is about 16 miles from West Yellowstone. Is this a cocaine bear? <laughs> now, the bear was inside somebody's house with a 46-pound male cub. Oh, so it had a cub. So, oh, the cub sad. is being sent to a wildlife rehab center. Uh, arrangements wow. are being made now to take it to like a zoo. Poor cub. But the, uh, the grizzly cocaine bear that's killed one woman, mauled somebody else and was breaking into a house was euthanized. Damn, nature! You scary! Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't think of a worse way to go. Being mauled by a grizzly. I wonder what she was doing. Like, I wonder if this person, was she off the trail? Or was she at a legitimate spot to where, you know, lots of people uh, traverse when, when going through Yellowstone? You know what I mean? The so fatal I, I, attack said it was on the forest trail. Yeah, wow. West of Yellowstone. God. Like, I would love to go to Yellowstone. It looks like beautiful country, man. I've never been to that part of the United States, like the Dakota area and the Montana area and all that kind of stuff. Looks beautiful. But damn, there's a lot of bears there. And it's not like Tennessee, where it's like the cute kind of black bears that <laughs> yeah. you can shoo off. You yeah. try to shoo off that grizzly bear, it will rip off your face. Uh, quick, can I give a quick shout out? We always like to recognize 
uh, good service when we see it, right? Yes. Like, I just had some incredible service from an emergency at my house I had last week. You, I texted you pictures of my basement. There was water there in my furnace room. I, the problem was a lot worse than I what I thought it was. And I came down the next morning. It was just a little bit of water by the drain where the you know HVA where the furnace is and where the air conditioner, you know, the the condensation, the the floor drain. And then I come down the next morning. I'm like, I had to get my galoshes. <laughs> I almost, I almost didn't. I wasn't able to come to work because Lindsay was out of town, and I don't know what. So I got on the phone to B and W, B and W Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, and Drains. Within an hour, they were at my house. And in full disclosure, we work with American Standard and Duncan, and uh, B&W is an American Standard dealer. Yes. Um, but, but man, just incredible service from those guys from top to bottom. They were in and out, and luckily, the problem was worse than I thought it was, but solving it was easier than I thought it was going to be. And I'm glad we it. do this on the show, because everybody complains everybody, yeah. when they get bad service, or maybe you caught somebody on a bad day, yeah. everybody goes to social media and rips them. But very very rarely, if you get good service, do people mention that. So we have this platform, and if we get good service, oh. we talk about it all the time. And the pictures, you're right, <laughs> did not do uh, your basement justice. Ron Burgundy yeah. was going to cannonball into that thing. <laughs> all right, we'll be right back. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Today, I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. That is Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy, the Republicans moving forward with an impeachment inquiry. So if we're going to break this down, if we're going to dissect this, I think we need to do it right. We're going to talk about wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. True international depression. <laughs> <laughs> I keep on thinking of the poor uh, person who has to transcribe what Joe Biden says for closed captioning. <laughs> Try to repression. Like, how do you begin to spell that? <laughs> All right, so where are we at with the uh, the impeachment inquiry, Hammer? I, I I like it. I think it's a step forward. I think it's obvious. I, although, uh, you know, Democrats are saying there's no evidence that Joe Biden had any business ties with Hunter and his uh, his business dealings. Bull crap. Bull All right. I don't want to get too excited here because ultimately, I have very little faith in the Republicans not to trip over their own cranks in this whole process. <laughs> because one, you know as well as I do, 
They've got a very small majority in the House, even if they went forward with a vote, which is still a long, long way away. This is just the inquiry. But let's just say they decided to go for a vote. How many wishy-washy, weak Republicans would say no? Like, I'm willing to bet there's more than four, more than five. Yeah. So, it might be a waste of time. Secondly, and we talked about this earlier, maybe I'm just Debbie Downer here, but maybe this is exactly what the Democrats want. This is their way to get Joe Biden off the ticket. Either he gets impeached, or he just says, screw it, I resign. I'm not going through this. Is that a little tinfoil haddish? Maybe it is. Maybe? I don't know. That's a good good aspect. Because they want him gone. I mean, look at the polling numbers. Even CNN and MSNBC have turned on Joe Biden. They want him gone as much as Kevin McCarthy does. And the Republicans, it sounds like they might be doing... The Dems are solid here. Even if they did move forward and went full-out impeachment, the Senate would never uh, vote for it. It's just like, True. I mean, so, I mean, they did this with Trump twice. This is all a political process. It's purely politics right here. And hopefully, maybe just exposes Joe Biden, and America wakes up and says, oh, yeah, he was, he was taking advantage, trading on his name, taking bribes, firing Ukrainian prosecutors for uh, looking into business dealings for Burisma, who his son, Hunter, was sitting on the board uh, with no, zero experience. Just anything like that to expose him. Here because is House obvious. Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Through our investigations, we have found that President Biden did lie to the American people about his own knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings. Eyewitnesses have testified that the president joined on multiple phone calls and had multiple interactions, dinners resulted in cars and millions of dollars into his sons and his sons' business partners. We know that bank records show that nearly $20 million in payments were directed to the Biden family members and associates through various shell companies. The Treasury Department alone has more than 150 transactions involving the Biden family and other business associates that were flagged as suspicious activity by U.S. banks. Even a trusted FBI informant has alleged a bribe to the Biden family. So, again, I'm somebody wow. that thinks Joe Biden yeah. is a horrible person, a rotten human being. I want him embarrassed and humiliated. But let's not do the Democrats a favor and get this cat to resign. You want him on the ticket in 2024. Now, we're checking in with Joe Biden. And yesterday, he was busted lying again, this time about his whereabouts the day after the attacks of September 11th. So, we were on the air yesterday, and Joe Biden spoke from Alaska. Not New York City or Washington, D.C., or even Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Couldn't be bothered to get back in time for the G20 summit. Yeah. He told his crowd in Alaska that he was in New York City the day after the attacks. Crowds here in New York. I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could, from where you could stand. Okay. okay. So the day after, he's at ground zero. 
That's right. fine. But the problem is, he wasn't there. He was in Washington, D.C. He was on the Senate floor, September 12th, 2001. There's video. There's audio. He wrote about this in his own book. He was voting <laughs> to condemn the attacks on the Senate floor. The senator is recognized. Mr. President, I can't think of any other legislative body in the world where you would hear the speech you just heard by the junior senator from Virginia. He's a compulsive serial liar. Either that or he just um, misremembers. Either way, it should make it clear to everyone he is not fit to be the president of the United States. Or whoever's pretending to be Joe Biden, you're doing a horrible job of prepping him for these events. It's almost like his handlers want him to go out there and make a buffoon of himself. I mean, he wrote about it in his own (laughs) book. Joe Biden, your thoughts? It's not a lie. If you believe it. (laughs) Unbelievable. George Biden right there. (laughs) Are you really okay? Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel show. Okay. Hammer, this one's juicy. You'll like this one. This candidate for the Virginia House of Delegates. She's being accused of live streaming sex acts for tips. Ooh. Uh, this wow. Is, this is a Washington Post story. This is a Democratic <laughs> candidate. Her name's Susanna Gibson. She would perform acts with her husband on the adult site Chatterbait. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where, of course, these websites you solicit viewers and send payments referred to as tokens. It's part chat, uh, part <laughs> bait. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, she's got more than a dozen videos out there, and and she she's officially entered the house race there in Virginia the videos have been taken down she's a 40 year old nurse practitioner and she called this po- this this report by the Washington Post a quote illegal invasion of my privacy and that <laughs> republicans are trying to silence her are you okay with this I'm a little torn here, okay? Because on one hand, <laughs> hot, by the way, you don't get to say you're invading my privacy <laughs> when you're doing sex acts on this site yeah, for live money. Stream, yeah, live streaming acts for money. Yeah, that's not. You don't get to use that excuse, right? You don't get to <laughs> lecture people on invading my privacy when you're doing that. But on the other hand, I don't think it should disqualify her from running for office, because let me ask you this. Who would you trust right now to make a more competent decision for your well-being? Fetterman (laughs) or this woman doing acts on chatterbait. <laughs> Susanna Gibson, of course, this woman. No question. She she I mean she's a hustler, right? She's making extra money on the side. Being a house representative don't pay what it used to, I guess, right? Like if you told me some of the more attractive women in the House of Representatives on a national level, both sides of the political aisle, uh Lauren Bobert and say what you want about her, but AOC, if they both <laughs> did this type of thing, I bet they could make a ton of money. Uh, And honestly, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I mean, as long as this woman and her husband are consenting adults, 
uh, this, I don't think it should stop her from running for office. And, right. And again, going back to the invasion of privacy, like that makes no sense whatsoever. You got paid to do uh, sexual acts to your husband, uh, live streaming over the internet. Dozens of videos were were up, posted at one point. Now they're taken down. It's got to be. I think she's got kids and stuff. She's trying to portray herself as like a family person or something for this house. But race yet in you do this stuff on this site. Yeah. You don't get to do that though. And again, I honestly don't think a lot of people care what goes on in your bedroom because I'm somebody that I remember Bill Clinton. I don't care what yeah. he was doing with interns and cigars. Right. What got Bill Clinton in trouble was the lying about it and some of the other things that he was trying to do to the country. Well, the Democrats, yeah, they were trying to make it seem like it was a moral issue, and that's why they were impeaching Bill Clinton is because he was having a you know inappropriate relationship, and, and all the Republicans approved. No, he would lied about it under oath. That's right. what got him in trouble. The perjury is what yes. got Bill Clinton. All right, McDonald's. I saw this and I shed a tear, Hammer. McDonald's is getting rid of their self-serve drink stations and transitioning to a system where all the the employees will be filling your cups. Uh, it's not going to be an immediate change. They're slowly shifting all locations by 2032. No more uh, making suicides at McDonald's, Hammer. Are you okay with this? No, I'm not, because already... We see a shortage of workers, right? You're lucky if there's enough people in the McDonald's right now just to keep that place open. True. And it's like that everywhere. And now they're going to be bothered getting refills for big fatties like me all the time. <laughs> because let's be honest, McDonald's Fountain Coke, the goat, it's the greatest of all time. And they're going to be constantly refilling all of these things up. You need them back there making the McNuggets, making the special sauce. Just let us do it, man. Put the machine out there there. We'll take care of it. You trust us to use the kiosk when we get in to place the order. Let us fill up our own drinks. And plus, you're not going to be able to make the suicides anymore like we did. Whenever, you'd, you know what I'm referring to, right? Oh, when, when you get a kid? little bit of everything in the cup. Yeah, you mix the flavors together. Uh, some people call it swamp water. I've heard it called uh, a pop bomb or a hurricane. Yeah. But suicide was the standard. Now, I don't know where it got that name. It's kind of harsh. But, but yeah, that's where you would go through every flavor and fill your cup up and mix it all together. Oh, man, as a kid playing Little League Baseball, great, yeah. when you got to go to the concession stand, oh, yeah. that was my go-to. I want the suicide. MTV Video Music Awards are tonight. Hammer, are you watching this? Or are you okay with this? No, I'm not, because MTV doesn't play music <laughs> anymore. Like, I'm not even sure if people make videos really anymore. I think they do, and they put them like, on uh, YouTube, YouTube yeah. and you know things like that. But there was a time in this country where the MTV Video Music Awards were on par with the Grammy oh, Awards. Yeah. Like people couldn't wait to see what happened. You know, there were some big time moments that happened during the MTV Awards. You had Britney and Madonna making out. Oh, that's right. You had Howard yeah. Stern as Fart Man. <laughs> and then back in 1991, shortly after his arrest for treating his body like an amusement park, in a remember movie theater, right? that Pee Wee Herman opened up the show. <laughs> Heard any good jokes lately? <laughs> I mean, there was a time people were where. Going nuts for that, man. These awards yeah. were the best, the best performances. You looked forward to it all week long. Like MTV was appointment TV yep. for spring break yep. and for the award show. And the problem they ran into, um, 
was YouTube, was other outlets where you could find, it used to be MTV was the only place you'd go to find music videos. Right. And maybe VH1 and CMT, uh, those three outlets, uh, BET, TV2, maybe those those outlets were the only places you could find music videos. And now, with social media, with Twitter, or X, or YouTube, or Rumble, or whatever, they're all over the place and easily accessible. Plus, the award show market has been so uh, saturated, yeah. man. Like Everybody's got their award shows now. Very and saturated. It's yeah. just, it's a non-factor. One more here, uh, speaking of music, the King, coming to Indy, George Strait, along with Chris Stapleton. They're kicking off a bunch of new tours, Saturday, May 4th, downtown, Lucas Oil. Uh, tickets go on sale, I believe, Friday the 22nd of this month. Are you okay with this? Oh, yeah. Think about how awesome the month of May is going to be in 2024. That's right, yeah. It's going to kick off with the George Strait, Chris Stapleton show, and it will end with the Indianapolis 500. I am here for all of this. Now, I know your better half and my better half, both very big George Strait fans. So, let me ask you this, Nige. How many George Strait songs can you name oh, in 10 on. seconds? Okay? Uh, I'm going to start the no, clock. I can't. Um, Check, Begin. check yes or no. Uh, all my exes live in Texas. Five seconds. That's all I Oh, come oh, on. I, I crossed my heart. Okay. Uh, Three. Yeah, that was Three. pathetic, wasn't it? Uh, no fireman more? in there. Uh, Carrying your love with me. Carrying your love with me. All that good stuff. Damn. Uh, oh. Where are we at with Pure Country, the movie? Remember that? Uh, the, the best country music-themed movie in existence with George Strait, who played Dusty, the disillusioned uh, <laughs> super country music star that, that left his band to go searching for his roots. He didn't want to do the pop country. Right. He didn't want the bro right. country. He just wanted to be on stage with him and his black hat and his guitar, and that was it. Yeah, great movie. Loved that movie. Back in 1992. Boy, he's a horrible actor. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I love George Strait. better acting, yeah. I dig George Strait. <laughs> but Crystal and I, we always laugh at the scene toward the end of the movie where like the young punk guy this ain't over. And you see the emotion yeah. of George Strait. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, come on. You got to give me a little something more than that. So, in honor of this big tour coming to Indy, headlined by George Strait, Hammer and Nigel Records presents comedian Buddy Brown with a uh, version of the hit All My Exes Live in Texas, but customized <laughs> on how it would sound if it were recorded and written today. All my exes changed their sexes <laughs> She used to be a her And now she's a he But all my exes changed their sexes Thank God we broke up back in 03 Alright, here we go Rosanna's down in San Francisco, LGBTQ. Sweet Eileen is now called Steve. She looks just like a dude. And Allison takes medicine, somehow lost her sanity. And Dimples, well, it ain't that simple. Fell in love with a drag queen. Come on! Exes change their sexes. She used to be a her, and now she's a he. 
That was uh, Hammer and Nigel Records presents Buddy Brown, comedian Buddy Brown. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Hammer, I was reading this uh, sort of an interesting article in The Spectator about how conservative entrepreneurs and investors have uh, they created what's being called a conservative parallel economy, which I'd not heard of before, like a like a parallel patriot economy. And it's basically efforts basically pushing back on woke companies. So that's where we're going to bring in our next guest, Coin CEO, Rob Collins. He's a former Republican strategist. Rob, it seems like now more than ever, there's like there's like a real hardcore intersection of politics and business, right? So, so talk about what a conservative parallel economy is or a patriot economy and why the need for it. Sure, and thanks for having me on today. Yep. Um, the the parallel economy sprung up from the fact that activist corporations in America have been siding with liberal and liberal fringe groups to try and re-engineer America. And when they side with these groups, they're not putting a little bit of money. They're putting billions of dollars into causes that are far left, that are looking to undo the fabric of American society. And not only are they doing that, but they're alienating half of their customers who are saying, I don't want this. Why are you doing this? So the parallel economy is an attempt and a, and a very, so far, a very successful attempt to grow uh, businesses that perform every service you've ever had in your life, but support conservative business. So at Coin, we are a national visa-backed conservative credit card. Hmm. And every time you swipe, our customers get back uh, unlimited cashback rewards. But Coin, the company, donates to conservative causes. And every quarter, our members vote on these charities. And you know we dole out the money based on how the vote goes. And it's been a really great way to have something we all have in our wallet, which is a credit card, and to buy the stuff you need to you know, um, conduct your life. But just know that every time you swipe, you're helping out conservative causes. And it's, it's you know, like I said, we're coast to coast. We have customers in every state. Uh, we add customers every day because people are just so sick of their money going to support the Clinton Foundation, ACORN, you know, Black Lives Matter. Uh, Planned, Planned Parenthood, Parenthood. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so. It, so, this is a reflection of uh, the 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 left politicization of corporate America, and corporate America not standing up and saying no, which you used to see. You know, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, corporate America kind of stood for bedrock principles, 
they stood for America. You really felt like they were pro-American. Now you have corporations more and more that are faithless, they're bureaucratic, and you don't get the sense they're actually rooting for our country. And our customers are were very opposed to that. They're upset. And Rob, Jason Hammer here, when we're talking about woke companies and leftist agendas, I think the poster child of that is what happened with Bud Light. Um, are you surprised that this boycott, if you want to call it that, against boy against Bud Light, is still going on? People still laugh at Bud Light. I mean, like these types of protests and boycotts traditionally were things that Democrats would do or activists from the Democrat Party would do. This was the first one that I've seen with conservatives that had some actual legs to it. Yeah, I mean, it's been remarkable. I mean, I'll remind you, um, it was brief, but uh, it really did force change. You know, we, you know, as conservative movement got really upset with the NFL and it forced change. Um, And then this one with Bud Light has been remarkable. Um, And a lot of the left want to make it about transgender and everything. I would actually argue it was Bud Light basically saying, we know better than you, and you need to evolve, you knuckle draggers. And you have their customers who are like, you know what? Actually, I don't need you. And I've, I've been really amazed at how long this boycott has lasted, how excited people are. Um, you know, uh, it started around Memorial Day, and I was, you know, then it was July 4th, and now just this Labor Day, uh, I had friends who were like, yeah, I'm not buying that anymore. And, and, and so, you know, the crazy thing is you would expect corporate America to see coin, to see other businesses, Patriot Mobile, Black Rifle Coffee, yeah. and then also see these boycotts and say, hey, team, let's uh, steer to the middle or let's avoid politics or let's actually respect our conservative customers. But there are examples every Every day of corporate America just saying, nope, we're going to side with the left. We're going to do some outrageous stuff and and drive people crazy. And why are they doing that? And when did that start, in your opinion? I mean, did it start with the pandemic? And, and this is maybe a twofold question. Does that have anything to do with ESG and what exactly is ESG when it comes to corporate America? Yeah, I think it started with social media the cancel culture. Yes. CEOs are scared of their own shadow. It's almost like the grown-ups have just abdicated their responsibility at corporate America. I mean, you look at a company like Disney. You know, built, you know they got oh, a yeah. billion dollar tax hit from the state of Florida because they wouldn't stop, and they were, you know, they kept engaging in political discourse that did not impact their bottom line, and that CEO got fired. Yet. You still see Disney pushing the envelope on left-leaning, progressive agenda items that the American people have rejected time and time again. How many failed Disney movies do we have to sit through, or not sit through, actually, before they get the idea that people don't want this social reengineering, but they can't help themselves, and they're willing to use shareholder money to make their point? Rob, are you surprised that more companies don't take that page out of Michael Jordan's playbook? Like when Michael Jordan uh, is interviewed and he's asked about politics, his famous line is, hey, Republicans buy shoes too, so he doesn't get involved in that type of stuff. And the Air Jordan brand and Michael Jordan brand, it's still as strong as it is today, even back when he was playing. Are you surprised more companies don't look at what like Michael Jordan does and say, you know what, maybe this guy that doesn't decide to be an activist is on to something here. You would think so, especially when you're using public, you know, uh, you know, stockholders' shares and money to brand and advertise. 
So I think there's really a few things happening, which is social media. So 20 people from around the country can complain to a CEO about yeah. some, you know, not being not being liberal enough. Um, and these CEOs are so afraid of being canceled. Um, there's a general perception in the corporate culture that left progressive socialist messaging is actually good for the bottom line. Famously, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban, has said progressive is good for business. And it's, there, there's, there's no science behind the numbers. Um, you know, they, they point vaguely to some kind of Generation X, you know, spending habits. But the majority of our customers don't want to defeat the left or upend the left. Really, what they're they're just proud to support conservative business and express their political views, their their values through their commerce, and they didn't they they didn't they're not leaving American Express because um, American Express isn't delivering on the promise of commerce. They're leaving because American Express has chosen to alienate them, chosen to say, we don't like you and we think we can do a better job uh, and we can teach your children what it means to be an American. And their customers are like, in droves, are leaving them and joining COIN because they're just not buying that message and they're not willing to sit, sit around and continue to let billions of dollars go to left-leaning causes. Rob Collins, COIN CEO here on the Hammer and Nigel Show, talking about this this sort of conservative parallel economy. And there are certainly examples of giant woke businesses and corporations uh, politicizing uh, in one direction, making it harder for conservatives, conservatives to earn and keep money. I mean, right? Like, you get the wrong opinion, uh, you'll get your GoFundMe uh, account yanked, right? Like with the uh, Canadian truckers and the mm-hmm. vaccine mandates. It's just one example. Example um, of certain credit card companies uh, shutting down business with gun manufacturers and gun sellers. Yep, I get calls all the time from small and medium-sized businessmen and women who are saying, "I, I, I'm in the energy business. I'm in the gun business. I, I do certain things that aren't blessed by the big corporate banks, and I can't move money. I get blocked. I, I I have trouble. There, there are friends in the conservative media who call me and say, you know, hey, you know, I'd like to switch my accounts because, you know, every time I get banned by Twitter, all my banking gets shut down, and I, you know, I have to make payroll, and I have real problems. And this is that kind of shadow silencing. You know, they talk about shadow banning on social media but there's also in the financial system you know there's a ways and th- and they all say they all hide behind the word risk oh well when this person did this it was risky but it's just they're not preferred industries anymore and they're so they're using their financial muscle to shut them down they have to uh, here's the other thing with with conservative companies and being uh, you know uh, people investing in these companies they have to be a good product though right like just for example like um, conservative movies like the sound of freedom was that, that was an actually good product if it didn't have a good story and it didn't have a good plot and it didn't have good promotion then nobody would have seen it are there there are successful parallel uh, economy companies out there, correct? Including your uh, outfit, which is which is Coin. Yes, I mean we have. I always say the best customers, and what I mean by that, they're great people, they're patriots, but also they have the highest income. You know, very educated, high FICO scores. They pay their bills on time. So to get that customer, you have to have a great product. Yes. And you know we are we are we are in the app store. We're in the digital wallets. We're uh, online. I mean, we um, 
our customers call us if there's a problem and you know and, and so we have to come up to a very high bar black rifle coffee the same thing you know we get a shipment every month and it has to be good coffee or people will move on to other stuff um you know patriot mobile the phone has to work you know yeah. so yeah i mean uh that is the challenge and, and sometimes people say like oh you know you're using this or you know you're using this woke company rob to partner with to make your credit card work and you're like well you can't see 50 years of corporate leadership and ask for it back in one day and we have to as a unit as, as a movement start to build out these companies so that we can work together and and, and really start to to, to um, build an economy that reflects our value how do uh, people sign up for your um for coin that's it's, it's c-o-i-g-n right yep www.coign.com real simple Hey, Rob, um, really interesting, fascinating conversation, and uh, thanks for what you guys are doing, and uh, we appreciate it. Welcome back anytime. Oh, love to be back on. I met my wife in Indianapolis, so I have a very oh, right fond, on. fond Yep, and uh, and the Casbah. I don't know if it's still open. But yeah, it is. Wow, and Broad Ripple. That's amazing, Rob. 20, 23 years ago. Oh, my uh, gosh. That's great. Had a, had, a, had a bad day at work, and uh, went, my roommates and I went down and uh, <laughs> decided to have a have a cocktail and uh, stumbled into the woman who became uh, my wife. Well, so, congratulations. Yeah, Strong ties to Indianapolis, <laughs> Rob. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thank Bye-bye. you. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Coming up after 6 o'clock more on everything you need to know about House Speaker McCarthy opening up an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Should be interesting. Hammer's right over there. Today, uh, today, couple couple of reasons to celebrate today. Today is National Video Games Day and National Chocolate Milkshake Day, Hammer. Best chocolate milkshake I've ever had in my life was <laughs> really? in Las Vegas. They have this big Hershey store, like Hershey complex, like right next to the New York New York Hotel. And man, they're making the chocolate there. They've got the cupcakes, the chocolate shakes. If you are down for some chocolate, that is the best place on earth. Uh, You know, just give me a good old-fashioned steak and shake, chocolate shake, any day of the week. I'm not too simple. I'm I'm no frills with that. You're not too simple? (laughs) Did I say that? You're not too picky. You're I'm not, not too, too complicated. Picky. All right, thank you. You are That's a simple man. I'm a simpleton. I'm, <laughs> uh, also, I mentioned that it's a uh, uh, National Video Games Day. Hammer uh, the Mount Rushmore of video games when from when we were from our, our era. Anything come to mind immediately? So I'm going to put four of them out there. Again, they might not be my favorite, but if we're going by Family Feud survey rules, top answers on the board: Pac-Man, uh, Mario Brothers. Madden and World of Warcraft. I never got into World of Warcraft. Did you? I never did, but man, that was the game that got people hooked, where they're playing like hours online with their friends overnight. Uh, Those would be the four. How about honorable mentions for NBA Jam, Tony Hawk Skater, Call of Duty, uh, Contra, Defender, King Kong. Come on, I think there's Can a Can I get some pole me- position? Yeah, Can right, a brother right. get some pole position? Hell, Pong! <laughs> Up on the Mount Rushmore of video games, Hammer. That's right. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. 
Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.